Hallelujah. I'm so glad that you came to the church today. How many people had a great week? That's about six at today, man. About 20 raise their hand. I hope that you had a good week. We've been talking about the subject of the blessing of God on the believer, the children of God. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you put your faith in Him and you consider yourself what the Bible says as a child of God, listen, the blessing of God is on you. Now, a lot of people say, well, Pastor, I've been listening to this and, and I, I realize, do, do, you, do you need to have that to go to heaven? Now, let, let me tell you this. No. You walk in the revelation that you're obedient to. Now, now watch this. Uh, some people think that, you know, uh, the, the things that God has given us, the things that God has blessed us with here on this earth and in heaven, we all know the Lord's prayer is, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But a lot of times we begin to walk it out and we really don't believe that God's will is for the good things here on this earth. Pastor, are you saying that we're walking in heaven? Good Lord, no. This is not heaven. But God's blessing is on His children here on this earth. Okay. Wait into this because as I've been studying it uh, more and more, let me tell you, this is something that as the believer we need to be reminded often. And uh, when we hear things like every promise from God is a yes, but it's up to us to put our amen, so be it on it. Has anybody ever heard that before beside me? If you've been at this church, you weren't listening because I've said it before. When you hear a promise of God and you say, God, that, that's almost too good to be true, but God, I can't say it's not true because you said it in your word. It's up to you if you appropriate that promise by faith. A lot of people put it this way. A lot of people say, well, if, if I get a car, you know, the, 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 the accessories are, are just the, the blessing. No, 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 no. What we're talking about in this subject of the blessing is the whole car is the blessing. You don't have to walk in the blessing. You can walk wherever you want without the car. There, there is even some people that, still are horse and buggy because they don't believe in the car. It's the same thing as sometimes we only swim in the salvation revelation that, that God has given us, that He came and died for us. And let me tell you, that is the most important revelation of God's Word there is. But the blessing of God is on His children to be able to be world changers in the life that we live. When you call us the salt of the earth and, you know... Uh, you know, the light, uh, I, you know, I was just thinking this week as I was reading this, and again, I, I just want to, the goodness of God in our lives, sometimes we don't walk in that revelation, therefore people don't even know the goodness of our Father. You know, in the Bible that when God gave people a new name, it, it was speaking into their identity of not uh, just who they would be become, but who they were right that moment. I'm speaking a new name in your life. Jesus said that to Peter. Uh, you, you can see it all through the Word of God with even Sarah and Abraham and Paul versus Saul. All the new name. I think some of us ought to go by Sonny. Let, let me explain. When you show up on the scene, people begin to smile and think, well, you, when you're around, there's something different in you or about you and we say, because it's our Father that lives within us, the Holy Spirit. This morning as we get into this passage of Scripture and we're going through the Bible and there's, there's some teaching that's going on and not just preaching. But, you know, as well as me, Proverbs says, if wisdom costs you everything you get, get wisdom. And so the wisdom is the Word of God. And sometimes until we know the Word of God, that we can't experience the manifestation by believing by faith in the Word of God. You know, sometimes we forget. We, we've heard the Word of God, but faith cometh by 
hearing the Word of God. It, it's a continual thing that works faith in our life to live out this, this journey called life. Sometimes we can get off track, but it's important to remember the Word of God that puts us on the right road. You know, the older couple that as they were getting older, uh, they were getting forgetful. And uh, they decided to go to the doctor and kind of check this out. And the doctor said, hey, you know, it's somewhat normal, but I want to encourage you to begin to write things down. It'll just help you remember. And they said, okay. And they went home. And later that night, the wife was sitting there with the husband watching TV. And uh, she says, you know what sounds good to me? A bowl of ice cream. The husband said, you sit right there. I'll go in the kitchen and get it for you. She said, well, thank you, honey. And he got up and was walking across the floor. And she said, hey, hey, you better write it down. You remember what the doctor said? She, he says, come on, honey. I'm just going in here for a few minutes. I'll be right back. I don't have to write it down. After a few minutes, he came back with a big plate of eggs and bacon. And she looked at that plate and said, Honey, I knew you would forget my toast. <laughs> now, this morning, some of the things that you're going to hear, you might have heard in a different context. Not, not a different meaning. I'm not talking about a different... But I want you to understand that as you go through life, that you are allowed to put a smile on your face. That doesn't mean that you're a phone. Well, I don't. If you begin to meditate, if you enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with courts with praise, you'll begin to smile, realizing that the blessing of God is on your life. And that ripple effect of the people around you become better because of who is inside of you. This morning, I want to remind you as we've gone through the scripture in the Old Testament of of all the way back to Genesis and Adam being blessed. And, and God said, be fruitful and multiply. You have dominion over this earth. You rule over this earth. I'm not going to tell you what to, you do it, and I'm going to check to see what you're doing. But Adam, we know, fell into sin. Adam and Eve. And, and, and we know that story because you heard it just a few weeks ago. But the blessing, the original blessing was on mankind. And the Word of God says that that blessing went to Noah. And then in Genesis, it went to Abraham. And God says, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, so that you can be a blessing. And through you, all of the world will be blessed. We know that one day Jesus was going to come through the line of Abraham. This morning, we get to the place now going through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And last week, what a wow, powerful Joseph. Of what it, You can't read the story of Joseph and not understand that the blessing of God was all over him. And he was blessed to be a blessing to his family. It says that as they went into Egypt, if you count Joseph and his, the four people in his family, there were 70 people that would be considered out of Jacob all the way back to Abraham, his grandfather's line. Seventy people in Egypt that were saved because of the famine. In the last part of Genesis, just let me remind you, it says there was a time that Joseph now had died, and all his brothers, his father, and it says all his brothers and all the generation died, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. Again, exceedingly is a word to describe much more, I mean a lot. They multiplied greatly, increased in number, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. How many believed that they were blessed? Okay, just seeing if we're still on the same page. Everybody good? Here we go, watch this. Then a new king came that meant nothing to Joseph. What did he do? He forgot about all the things that Joseph had done, really not only to save his people, but to save Egypt. And really, he became jealous, and he looked at them, it says, with an eye that said, they had become so great that if we do go to war with some other country, they could turn and join that country and overcome us. They're so powerful. Remember, 70 people... 400 years later will turn into possibly 3 million people. So how many believe that the word exceedingly is not an exaggeration? 
There was a lot of people out of Jacob, out of Joseph and his family that was all in Egypt. It says that the Egyptians began to oppress them and put slave masters over them and had them do labor for the Egyptians. Now, this was all prophesied in Genesis that God said in 400 years, I'm going to bring them out. So the people that knew and people that had the oral tradition of the word of God passed down throughout the generations to this point began to look for a deliverer. But the Egyptians and the king, Pharaoh, thought so much that the, that the uh, Israelites were going to become so powerful, he decides to tell all the, the, the doctors, all the midwives to go in and kill all the boys because he did not want the army of Israelites or the Jewish people to become so strong. Now, if you saw the Ten Commandments, you know this, if you've seen the movie. Oh, Charlton Heston did somewhat of a good job on that, but little Moses is one of the boys that are going to be killed. His mother puts him in a little boat, puts him down the Nile River, and it just so happens that the family of the Pharaoh finds him and takes him to the palace and raises her, or raises him as her son. It's amazing how God's provision is for his people. You can't make a movie and make people believe it like this story. It's a true story how God said, I'm going to put my deliverer, Moses, in the house of the man that's trying to kill him. He raises him until one day, if you don't know the story, he, he takes on the identity that has been hidden all these years as a Jewish man. He begins to realize he sees one of the Egyptians mistreating one of his people, and he kills him. It is exposed, and Moses runs to the wilderness to end his life. That's where he's going to just, he's going to take up a family, and that's where he's going to just call it a day. From there on, he's just going to mail it in. But God had another plan for Moses, and he shows up, and if you haven't heard the story... It's always there available in the book of Exodus. Last couple of weeks, I've encouraged you to read Genesis, read Exodus. Pastor, I've already read that before. Faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. Read it again. God shows up in the form of a burning bush. Can you believe that? That's true. God says, out of the burning bush, I've chosen you, Mo. And I want you to lead my people. You, you know their struggles. You've had a first-hand, first-seat view of all this stuff. And I want you to lead them out of Egypt. Now, you are blessed as much as Moses. But I want you to say to yourself, if God shows up in a burning bush and says, take them shoes off. And you kick off those shoes and say, What? And he says, I want you to lead my people. Again, possible three million people out of Egypt. What would you say? If God talked to you and said, you are blessed to be a blessing and fill in your name. And I want you to change the whole community around you, starting with your family. What would you say? This is usually the protocol of people that do not walk in understanding and the revelation of blessing. Here's what they say. Who, me? How, in the, how can I do that? Because again, when you say, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? What you're doing is you're looking at all your resources, all your wisdom, all your knowledge, and it comes to the point like everybody else in the Bible as well as in your life, a lot of times we get to the point of going, who am I? I can't do that. Now listen to me, hear this, God is challenging you to take another step right now in your life, an advancement in stewardship of over what God has blessed you with, beginning with every day your chest going up and down, that's called breathing, 
a stewardship over the life that God has given you that you advance. You, you can look at all the stewardship about the, the things that God has entrusted and in, in through parables of how he, uh, uh, a man went on a journey and left talents to his servants to, to multiply and some didn't, one of them didn't do anything. Don't, don't get to the point of saying, I'm just going to take my life and it, it's just for me. When God challenges you to take another step into the kingdom of God and you say, who am I that I could do that? I want you to hear this. And if I had a bell, I'd ring it so you'd remember it. He says to Moses, I will be with you. He says it to you today. I will be with you. I'm telling you to take a step, not because you can do it on your own, but because I will be with you. God constantly says through the scriptures, the reason why, because I love you. I will be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, even though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you can fear no evil. Because why? I am going to be with you. Well, who am I, God? Did you not hear me? I will be with you. He doesn't say, good luck, I'll meet you on the other side of the valley. And every time I, I preach a funeral service, most of the time, I'll include this part because through the toughest times and, and the death of a loved one or a death of a dream or a de death, 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 God says, forget that. I've already taken the keys away from death. There is no more sting in death. Why? Because I will be with you. You're going to live forever with me. So this morning, I want you to wade into this. And when we begin to receive the blessing that's on our life, then all of a sudden, our eyes begin to open with a whole different paradigm. Yeah. And the paradigm, the view that what we're walking in as believers is this. It frames our thinking. I'm not lucky. Listen, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. And everything that I have is because of the grace of God and the favor on my life. God says, I will be with you. Moses is obedient to the Godship or the Lordship of God. And he begins to be obedient. You begin to see how God begins to work through Moses. And if you don't know the story, it's an exodus. And what happens is he calls it ahead of time to the Pharaoh what's going to happen. There's ten plagues that happen until the last one is the death of the firstborn. Now, this is very important for us. Because it's gonna, we're going to act it out today, not the death of the firstborn. Everybody went, Phew, I'm the oldest in my family. Relax. But what happens out of all these plagues, Pharaoh keeps saying, okay, they can go. Nope. Okay, you can leave Egypt. You're, you're, nope, I'm not going to do it. Until the last one and God says, okay. Here's what I want you to do as my people. It's called the Passover. And what's going to happen is on this day, at this time, I want my people to take the blood of a lamb and put it over the doorposts of your house. And the death angel is going to pass over all of Egypt. And everyone in that house will be saved that has the blood over their doorpost. But the ones that will not put that, the Egyptians, all of their firstborn will die. Now, blood on a doorpost? Seriously? Are you, are you telling me that's going to work? Are, are you telling me, come on, Pastor, do you believe that? Yes, I do. The Bible says that the people are given orders through Moses, through God, to fix a meal of that roasted, that dinner of a lamb, and also unleavened bread, which means no yeast in the bread. It, it was a, a, a time of a meal that would be very quick. It would be fast food. Was very specific. God's very specific on how to cook it, uh, how to prepare it, and even how you should look while you're doing it. it he said stuff like, "Take your 
uh, cloak and tuck it into your belt. Why? Because it's an action of getting out quick. It, it was a form of putting on your sandals and your staff in your hand. It was a reason, because he's saying this as a reason, because I want to demonstrate today's a day of deliverance in my people's life. It's going to happen. Pharaoh's going to say, leave, and we're going to leave. Deliverance. Now watch this. When we get into the New Testament, this is a parallel to our deliverance out of sin. And when we take the Lord's Supper in a few minutes, it's our Passover. It's what Jesus did at the Last Supper with his disciples that we will do one day again with Jesus at the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Mm. It happens just as God said. The people are delivered. Now, now I want you to watch this because we're talking about the blessing on God's people. I I want you to see because in Exodus chapter 3, verse 21, this is at the beginning of Exodus before the people leave that God promises that I will bless you by doing this. I want you, all the ladies, to ask the Egyptians for gold, silver, and clothing as they leave Egypt because you will plunder your masters, in other words, your slave keepers. Now listen, as God prophesies this, can you believe how in some of their minds how ridiculous that would be? These guys are over us and we're going to ask them for their most valuable things that they own and they're going to give it to us? But if you see right as after the Passover happens, they're leaving. And in chapter uh, 12, it says that that's exactly what happens. Not only do they get gold and silver from the Egyptians, but it says they get clothing. Now, now why is that important? Because if you realize when they are going to go into the wilderness in order to go to the promised land, And later we'll see that they were disobedient and didn't go into the promised land. They were disobedient. And what happened was they wandered for 40 years. But the blessing of God was on their lives to the point that there's a phrase in the Bible, a sentence in the Bible, for 40 years their clothes didn't wear out. I don't know how the Egyptians made clothes back then. But I'll tell you this, that they didn't make it to last for 40 years. That was the blessing of God in them that was working and God's blessing was on them that they would be able to have those clothes for 40 years. If you look through chapter 12 and then they are leaving Egypt, they're celebrating, they're leaving slavery. Again, a picture of us coming out of sin in our life and we become a believer. We become a child of God. But right as you become a child of God, if you remember or not, there is a point where the enemy comes against you to challenge you. And trouble shows up into your life to ask one question. Do you remember what it is? Who are you? Who are you? Thank you. That's my son right there. Put him down. (laughs) Trouble shows up to say, who are you? And sometimes you revert back to Moses when he says, who am I that I can do all that? I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't me. I didn't sign up for this. But the Egyptian army and Pharaoh again has changed his mind. It is in hot pursuit of the Israelites that don't even really have any kind of weapons. The Egyptian army at this time in history is considered the most powerful, if not one of the most powerful, the most powerful uh, nation and army in the world. And Pharaoh is so arrogant that he's going to go and get his possession back, which is the children of God. Do you see see the paradox there? There's going to be a war, right? Children of God, are you a slave of the Pharaoh? And let me tell you, I, I'm hindered because this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, the deliverance, and I can't preach it today because I want to go on. But hear this, that their fear is chasing them. The thing that they would fear the most is on their feet, they're on their heels, on their back coming 
this morning, let me just again parallel this. They have been given a new identity. They're no longer slaves. They are free in, in our lives when we come to Christ and make Him our Lord and Savior. We are free, free. Hell lost another one. I am free. You know what I mean? But the enemy comes to say, who are you? Come on. Come on. Come on back here. They have gotten to a place that seems impossible. Do you hear me? Today or next week, you might be in a place that seems impossible of getting out of. When you don't have faith, and I'm speaking this over you. When you don't have faith as some people that don't believe in God, when they get in these impossibilities, they nosedive into depression and even possibly suicide. But that's not you. Mm. I'm telling you now that you might be in a place where you say, God, I don't even understand why you put me here because I don't see a possibility. That's where the Egyptians were, or that's where the Israelites were as the Egyptians are coming. And, and, and the king's chariots are coming. And, and they could see them behind them coming, but God had led them in a place that it seemed like they were surrounded on every side by mountains, and the only way was through the Red Sea. Which someone would say, that's not a way. Let me tell you, I, I, I want to preach this, but God says, what's in your hand, Moses? It's a staff. He says, lift it, you know, hold it out. The Bible says that the Red Sea parts, they go on the other side of the Red Sea. Yeah, that's a mean ocean, isn't it? And, and, or mean sea. And, and the Bible says that they cross over on dry land. That's a miracle that sometimes we, we miss, dry land. But the Bible says the arrogance of the enemy follows and the water comes back and destroys them. Now, I want you to see this because I believe, as in the New Testament, that is, a, again, a parallel. The blessing of God is on them not only for deliverance, but, again, a sign of baptism. He brings them out of their old identity and crosses into the Red Sea. It's a new day. I'm speaking this, again, over our church. We are in a different season than we've ever been before. And it's a new day, therefore a new way. You, you don't undermine or forget the things of old, the God, things that God has brought us through. But the point is our dependency on God because it's a new day and it's a new way. You've never been this way before. You need to trust me, God says. It goes back again to the Lordship. In our life, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, let me just take a break and do some teaching this morning. Again, in Genesis chapter 12, the blessing is on Abraham. And it says, and I will make you. Who's he talking to? Abraham. A great nation and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. How many people are up for a little favor in your life? I love favor. I remember one time, is a very little illustration, I was in second grade, and it just so happened my mother was a second grade teacher in another room of students, and there was three big classrooms, and she's in it. But when we went to recess, who got all the favors? That's right, little Johnny. Because my mother said, let's see, who would take out the baseball stuff? Hey, how about you, Johnny? I said, thank you, I'll take that right there. Okay, who wants to be first up to bat? What about you? I'll take that right there. Now, now some of us as Christians, we want to kind of lean on the pious side, which means you go, well, you know, Pastor, I'll love God without any favors. 
understand this, that the blessing is from your father. And when we begin to walk in the favor of God, what we're doing is saying, thank you, Father, for what you love us, and thank you for giving that to us. Again, it, it is so messed up that so many people have heard that, that, that if God blesses you, uh, you, you, just, you just put that new car right there because I'm going to drive a horse and buggy to make him more happy with me. Come on. I will bless you. I will increase the favors and make your name famous, Abraham, and, dis- and you'll be distinguished and you will be blessing. Listen to this. Dispensing good to others. Abraham, you're blessed in order to be a blessing. I just want enough, Pastor, just for me and mine. Selfish. God's blessed you to be a blessing. Some of us need, as, as Christians, I believe this. I think that we need to exhibit the love of God in us. God has blessed me with stuff that I don't deserve. I know that. It's a favor of God. And sometimes I go to a restaurant thinking, who am I going to buy dinner for tonight? I, I look and I think, God, you bless me with more than enough for Gwen and I and a good tip. Let me put that in, a good tip. Here's two bucks for the waitress. Let me bless somebody. Missed it. I'll get that in a minute, but I want you to understand that you can be a blessing wherever you go. Again, when you think about the blessing that was on Abraham's life, if you go to the New Testament, for all of us that go, yeah, Pastor, but that's Old Testament, go to the New Testament, Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. This is teaching by Paul to the early church. He's setting them up to realize that you're blessed He redeemed us. Who redeemed us? God. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross for us. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. You and I be Gentiles. Through Jesus Christ so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. If we do not walk by faith, it is easy to go, well, I just don't see it. But if you right now don't see it, it's because faith is being sure of the things we hope for and certain of the things we do not see. The blessing is on you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 says that we have the mind of Christ to be able to go into circumstances and situations and people are going, there's the problem. Nobody has the answer. They're just bird dogs pointing out the problem all the time. But you are anointed to solve the problem. And see, sometimes it is, again, back on the stewardship part of our lives that we're walking in the blessing. And sometimes, you know, we get to the point that we're blessed and and we start increasing our stuff, which again, increase your stuff. But have enough to be a giver, to bless people that are around you, to be... Here's the deal is... We are blessed, but sometimes we've spent all the money on ourselves. Therefore, we can't be a blessing, and it gives us an excuse. I just don't have enough. Don't have enough. The reason that you're blessed is to be a blessing. So don't miss this. The paradigm that I want you to see, the thinking, the view, the glasses that you look out of is this. I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. Everything that I have is because of the grace of God and the favor of God on my life. I want to help you to realize, in your life, strive not to be such a success, but rather to be a value. To everywhere you go, hey, Sonny. (laughs) Why am I Sonny? Because everywhere you go, you're like sunshine into a dark world. You're adding value every. Every place that you go into, you know that place that you hate to work in because it's so dark, a bunch of cussers and a bunch of this and that? Guess what? 
God put you, Sonny, into that dark place to bring value, to influence the people that don't have hope. And that's where God wants you. Let let me give you a little thing that I'm going through on this because, again, I'm applying this to my life to be something, again, practical, to have the paradigm that I am not lucky, but I'm blessed by the favor of God and the grace of God on my life. So here's what's something that I'm encouraging uh, my family uh, to do, and, and Gwen and I are, are practicing this, is the first thing that you can do in every situation is smile. Pretty hard, isn't it? Work on it. Get in a mirror, and then you can back it off a little bit if it's too much. You know what I mean? Woo! That's the joker. Back it off a little bit. When people are talking, be interested in what they're saying by listening. You think that's no big deal. You'll start realizing how odd it is that somebody's listening and showing interest in the other person. Now watch this. When they leave your presence, they should feel better about themselves. Just chew on it for a minute. Think about it. And here's something that I do. You know what people, the words that people love to hear the most? Their name. So when I go to a restaurant, there's always a... a, The older I get, the younger they are. It's waitresses and waiters. Does your mother know that you're out? You know, it looks like she's about 10 years old. And I say, what is your name? And they go, Jim Bob. I say, well, Jim Bob, how's it going? And my goal is to say Jim Bob's name three times before I get up from that table. Now, why? Because, first of all, it helps me practice on the name. You know as well as me. How you doing, Jim Bob? Jim Bob? About three seconds later, I go, what was his name? But I'm putting interest into Jim Bob. And then I call him by name instead of, hey, you, or hey, buckaroo, how are you? <laughs> Do you give me, give me some more water? Come on. I'm showing value in that person. Why? Because it's simple. I'm blessed to be a blessing. How many tables in that day did Jim Bob have somebody say, where's my food? But for you, you're sunny. You have brought something different into his world. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you to build that paradigm that you're not lucky, but you're blessed? And everything that you have is because of the grace of God on your life and the favor working. Because when you start building a new belief system on that, out of your belief system, realizing it or not, you make choices. And out of those choices, it'll put you in experiences that will confirm or deny your belief system. Now you watch. When you begin to walk in love and the things that God has done because of what He has done in us, He's redeemed us, He's called us by name, He said, fear not. When you begin to walk in the love of God for people, and you smile, show a little interest, and then when they leave your presence, they feel that you've added something, they feel good about themselves, you watch. The favor of God will become stronger and stronger on you like you have never, I don't care if you're 150 years old, I guarantee you it will be stronger on you than ever in your life. You know why? Because people need what is inside or who is inside of you, and that is the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you this, when you begin to do that, it is a form of humbling yourself and people, it's like a magnet. They'll connect other people to you. you got to meet this guy. you got to meet this lady that comes and everywhere they go, it just seems that they bring with them the blessing. Now, now let me, I'm wrapping it up. Listen to this. In Romans chapter 3, It says this in verse 1. 
So what difference does it make who's a Jew and who isn't? Who has been trained in God's ways and who hasn't? Now again, the blessing came on the Jews to the Gentiles. Verse 2, it says, or let me say that again. So what difference does it make who's a Jew and who isn't? Who has been trained in God's ways and who hasn't? As it turns out, it makes a lot of difference. But not the difference so many have assumed. First, there's the matter of being put in charge of writing down and caring for God's revelation, these holy scriptures. You have the Bible, I have the Bible. It has come through the Jewish people to us. And watch this in verse 3. So what if in the course of doing that some of those Jews abandoned their post? God didn't abandon them. Watch this. Do you think that their faithlessness cancels out the faithfulness? Not on your life. Depend on it. God keeps his word even when the whole world is lying through their teeth. Scripture says the same. Your words stand fast and true. Rejection doesn't phase you. Again, if you didn't realize it's a little different, that's out of the message. Some of you have heard it out of the NIV. Let God be true and every man a liar. Now, What? Let me explain that. How can we let God true? Is there some kind of revelation that we can make or let God be true? How, how can we make God true when He is true? It doesn't say make Him be true. It says let Him be true. If you know the passage of Scripture in Numbers, it kind of makes it even clearer. Numbers 23 that says, God is not a man that He should lie, nor a son of man, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfilled and fulfill? And we all would say, no, he's our God. So let me tell you this. When we build a new belief system on the covenant of God for the believer, the covenant is the agreement. Now remember this, Pastor John isn't making this up. It's in the word of God. That's why I'm encouraging you to read it. In the Old Testament, is it's in the book of Exodus. It's been a promise through Abraham. But now we're getting to almost 3 million people that have left Egypt. They have witnessed with their own eyes the ten plagues. They've watched how God has protected them through the Red Sea. The enemy is no more. They've done a little dance on the other side and they are so on fire for God that they're saying, yes, 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 yes. God is telling us to do this. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, it's just a beat. Yes, they're just saying yes. They have witnessed it. The goodness of God, the blessing on their life. In Exodus chapter roughly 19 through 24, you'll see the Ten Commandments that are given. He gives them instructions how to build the church, the, the tabernacle that's going to move throughout the wilderness. He gives them details, and it says this in verse 3 of chapter 24. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's word and the law, they responded with one voice. What do you think they're going to say? Yes! Everything the Lord has said we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. That's the book of the covenant. He's writing them down. This is what God said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Do you remember the, the sons of Jacob? And there was two sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh. So there's 12 tribes each tribe, who knows how many thousands of people are in each one of these groups. But these pillars are representing those 12 tribes of Israel. In verse 5, then he sent young Israelite men and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Now I want you to see this because in our culture this is very strange. But it is in signing the covenant. As you and I would sign a contract to buy a house or car, you put your... John Hancock, so to speak, on it. But in a covenant, what they would do, as we've even heard 
couple days ago in the men's breakfast is that they would cut an animal and the two parties would walk between it saying that we have agreed and if we break the agreement, this is what we believe could happen to us. Cutting to, I mean, it, it, this is stronger than a contract. Everybody that signed a contract and never covenant says amen. This is kind of strange, but look at it. Verse 6, Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls, and the other half he splattered against the altar of these animal sacrifices again. Verse 7, then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people, and they responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. In verse 8, Moses then took some of the blood and sprinkled it on the people. and said this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words all the things in the Old Testament all the blessings you can go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and it's just man I'm going to be with you guys. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. And that's where you hear a lot of times the blessings in the Old Testament. I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you in the country. I'll bless you going in, bless you coming out. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be your your kneading trough, your fruitfulness and your children. Everything's going to be blessed if you just follow the covenant, if you just believe me. The blessing is going to be so far on you that it will come and overtake you. I always love, this is me, but I always kind of picture a blessing running behind me and can't, sometimes i got to slow down to let it catch up. You know what I mean? Some people don't believe it, so they're just running faster than they can catch it. Slow down and let God be God. And when the blessing comes on you and you find something, you know, somebody gives you or you find it at $2, don't go, yeah, my mother-in-law gave me that for $2. It's, you downplay the blessing. Just say, no, God, thank you. Yeah, I was blessed with this. Ooh, there's a whole sermon there. We'll let that go. He sprinkles it on the people in the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Now, now, right now, we're going to take the Lord's Supper, which again, Jesus at the Last Supper says... Do this and remember to me. Gentlemen, if you would help me pass out the handout before we do the communion. I want to show you, and and you can process this when you get home. But this handout kind of gives you a, a parallel of the old covenant versus the new covenant. We're in the New Testament versus the Old Testament, the old covenant. We're in the new. Now, Some of you will say, well, is the old better than the new? No. John, are you just giving your opinion? No. I'm giving you Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs, talking about the old covenant, as the covenant of which he is the mediator. Watch this. Is superior to the old one. Why is it superior? He died on the cross for you and me. It is superior to the old one since the new covenant is established on better promises. Can you say better promises? Ready? Better promise. Everybody together. Better promise. One more time. Better promises. That's what the word of God, that isn't what I said. It is established on better promises than what you just have heard so far in the Old Testament. Verse 7 says, For if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. When all the people of Israel said, Yes, sign us up, we'll do it. Yes, we'll obey. That's what we do when we come to Christ and say, Yes, we will make Him Lord and Savior of our life. Yes, we will follow Him. Now listen to me with a good heart, and, and this is why you can't hardly have somebody, you can't text it, because you got to hear the heart. And when you hear the heart, when I say this, when we make a declaration 
The Bible says when we confess with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we will be saved. We know that he'll wash away our sins and, and, and he'll, he'll forget the past. And we are a new person. Here's one extreme benefit of the new covenant. That's by the grace of the blood of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us, that we have grace. That when you do not do what you said that you're going to do, that you acknowledge it. God, forgive me. And our sins are forgiven. Now listen, with as tenderness as I can say this, is sometimes we want to extend grace to somebody that's walking through sin and downplay the sin. Now listen, grace is from God. But sometimes allowing God's conviction of the sin that they're walking through brings them to freedom. When we hinder an unholy or an unsanctified grace in their life, it keeps them from freedom. This morning, if you're in... uh, All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We come to know Jesus Christ and make Him personal. We're not old sinners anymore. We are redeemed. But that doesn't mean that we're... It's a constant process until God brings us to that completion on the day of his glory. Watch this. If this morning you're in sin, if you're practicing sin in your life and you're saying, I just experienced the grace of God. We have all been there, but it is in repenting and turning from that sin that now that you're forgiven and set free. What we're doing now, if you have the little container, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he took the cup. If you've noticed, this little wafer that we have and and why it's looking like this or why you have the little cracker, it doesn't have any leaven in it. It's as close as we come to the New Testament. <laughs> I mean, the Old Testament. And just, the again, the parallel of the Passover supper. The blood of the lamb that was put over the post. The blood of the lamb is Jesus Christ. There's so many parallels that, again, if you study that, Jesus knew in a few hours that he was going to die for the sins of John Miller, fill in your name. And I was worth dying for. And you were worth dying for. Can I tell you this? That neighbor that gets on your last nerve was worth dying for. That as we walk through the covenant of Jesus Christ in our life, we walk in it and we declare that over our name. That's who we are. That the blessing of God is on us because of what Jesus has done for us. What we do by doing this is we're declaring that covenant over our life. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I have the mind of Christ in me because the Holy Spirit lives in me. I can go into a dark place and they can call me Sonny and I don't get embarrassed because why? Of who lives in me. That's who I am. How can I do that? Because God says, I will be with you. That's what we're doing right now, that we're declaring this. God, I declare this. In the Old Testament where he sprinkled some on the altar and sprinkled some on the people. We don't have to sprinkle the grape juice that today on you, but you're going to drink it if you're a believer. And say, God, I receive what you did for me. There's something that you might be going through in your life. And if it is what we talked about during worship, the, the subject of fear, 
you know as well as me, you can flee or you can fight. When you understand your identity, you can say, it's not my fight, but it's who resides in me. It's a whole different perspective. This morning, the bread represents the body of Christ that died for us. Before we take it, would you just thank God for what he has done for you? Father, we thank you for giving us Jesus. God, him willingly coming to this earth and dying on the cross and being buried and you resurrected him with power that again might validate everything that a loving father said that he would do for us, that, Father, we can see that you carried out the plan. You loved us. Forgive us of our sins today, God. We repent. We turn from those. This morning, let's take the bread together. This morning, the cup has juice inside of it. Which the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, he gave it to the disciples, said, this is my body. Then he took the cup and said, this is my blood, which I give for you. The blood is a forgiveness of our sins. But also, we believe that by his stripes that we are healed. The blessing in the healing of his children. This morning, if you have a need in your life of healing, this is again part of the covenant. You say, well, pastor, I prayed before or I had a friend that didn't get healed. Don't allow somebody else's experience to build your belief system. You say, you know what? God said it. It's my job to say, yes, sir, I believe it. So this morning, if you're here and you have sickness in your body, you just, maybe you're taking it. And this morning, you appropriate it and say, God, I believe in my healing. Let's do it together. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. That Jesus, it wasn't just 2,000 years ago for people in that generation, but God, it is every generation. That God, the Word says that now there is a new Adam. And Father, you have given us Jesus and a new covenant. And we thank you for that. Father, today, help us this week as it as we begin to, again, see a different way that, God, that you love us, that your blessing is upon us, that, Father, that where we go, the blessing follows us. Where we go, God, your Holy Spirit lives within us, therefore we take you with us into a dark world. Father, we pray this in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 So good to see you all today. Welcome. If it's your first time at the chapel, we ask that you take that connection card right in front of you and fill that out so that we can connect with you and get to know you a bit better. Um, there's some new groups starting for the spring this uh, March 21st on Tuesdays. The women will begin meeting. If you are not working or you're maybe you're retired and you'd like to meet on Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock in our youth building right here, um, there will be an opportunity for you to meet with a group of women, have Bible study, and bring your favorite craft. Also, our young adults meet at Axiom Coffee right down the way here on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock. If you are in your uh, college years or career years, we'd love to have you be a part of that group as well on Sunday nights. And then our Refuge Youth Ministry meets on Wednesday nights 
as well. So we'd love to have you find a way to plug in to the church. If you are um, planning to go to our mission trip to Honduras, there will be a meeting following the service right here at the front of the church in the sanctuary immediately following the service today. It's our first informational meeting on that trip to Honduras. So be sure and plug in, be a part of that if you want to find out more. If you ordered a chapel t-shirt, thank you so much. Um, the proceeds go to uh, increase and develop our media. And so we just appreciate your attention to that and your generous giving. You can pick up your t-shirts today at the back of the sanctuary. Would you stand with me? Thank you so much for coming today and may the Lord just bless you and may he uh, just watch over his word and your life to perform it as you're faithful to him. May you see the things that you heard preached today manifested in your own life. If you um, want to give on your way out, our ushers will serve you. If, you have, if you'd like to give in person, you can also give in, online anytime throughout the week. We thank you for being faithful to support the ministry of the church, and it certainly reaches beyond the four walls of this church. So thank you so much for your faithfulness. May the Lord bless you. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.